It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the uh, programme, uh, and no surprise to hear and read that Met Aaron uh, say they, we in this country have recorded our driest spring on a record. Uh, some parts of the country even hit heights of 26.8 degrees Celsius. The latest weather report for March, April, and May from Met Aaron says all of the weather stations right across the country recorded below average rainfall totals and temperatures were above the seasonal norms almost everywhere. So no real surprise uh, there at all. There seems to be though a bit of a break in the weather but hopefully it won't last for long. There is a bit of rain uh, forecast for today and across the weekend but you know I'm sure people like Irish Water and gardeners and farmers. I saw a report on the news last night that farmers uh, desperately need the rain so we'll a little bit of respite from the warm weather but hopefully it will remember to return because that has a tendency what happens in this country when the rain starts. It just doesn't seem to know when to end. Now John Paul is on his own taking your calls today. Sadie's on a day off so if there's anything you want to share with us feel free to call us 1850-333-103 but texting and WhatsApp services uh, available straight into me here at the studio to 0862103103. We love to hear from you. Can I, before we get into uh, what's happening with regard to the opening of the country and what's expected to happen today, I just want to give a quick mention to a story we covered on the programme a couple of weeks ago. And it's been, it's on, writing about it in today's paper is uh, Owen English. And it was the, it's the story of a little Cork boy who has been praised as a hero by our own president, Michael D. Higgins. It's Oliver Lynch from Ballancolic in Cork. Oliver has cerebral palsy and epilepsy. He's the little boy who's been walking a hundred... 100 metres in his little walking frame every single day. He's been doing it for the last two weeks and he's been raising money for three charities that have been helping him out. But yesterday, postman arrived with a personal letter delivered to Oliver's home from the President, Michael D. Higgins. And in the letter, according to the examiner today, the letter reads, as President of Ireland, it makes me very proud to hear of young people like you who are kind, thoughtful and determined to do good for others. I have no doubt that your parents, family and friends are equally proud of your great work on behalf of Enable Ireland, 
Dogs for the Disabled and CUH Charity. There can be no doubt that you're one of life's great heroes. I send you all my best wishes and every success with your continued endeavours. Isn't that terrific? And seemingly Oliver spent the day yesterday literally just staring at it with his his mouth wide open. He was absolutely uh, gobsmacked. He had set himself the a challenge of walking 5,000 metres in lockdown by using his little walking frame. He completes 100 metres a day in the garden or, or he goes up and down the street. Now, some days, as his mum was telling us, and like he can take him up to 40 minutes. Other days he's feeling a bit stronger so he can get it done quicker. And it, while it doesn't cause him any pain, he does get really, really tired. But he's such a determined little lad. And there was a fundraising goal set of €5,000, which he literally surpassed within uh, days so now he's decided to double his steps he's going to do uh, 10,000 instead and he's now close to 26,000 euro has been raised and he's got a GoFundMe page which is I'm going to walk 5,000 more that's up on GoFundMe if you want to donate but what a lovely lovely thing for our own president he's just such a nice guy isn't he I mean we were only talking about him earlier on in the week because it was this night last week that he appeared on the Late Late Show the final Late Late Show of the season with Ryan Toberty and he just came across as such a kind caring man and on when we were back on air after the bank holiday on Tuesday the amount of calls I'd in from people saying Patricia did you see Michael D Higgins on the Late Late and people just saying how proud they were of him and how you know how proud we can all be to have him as president of this country he really has proven to be a, a, a terrific president but to take time out and to single out a very special little boy like Oliver that shows great kindness and uh, you can't put a price on kindness, you really can't. And that is certainly one way when you think of Michael uh, D. Higgins and his wife, Sabina. Kindness is a word that would certainly spring to mind. Now, the government, according to some papers today, there is the view that the government is set to gamble because it is going to be a bit of a gamble on the major reopening of the retail sector. Now, obviously, it's been done. We need to, and they see the need. And I think everybody sees the need. We need to kickstart the uh, economy. We have been months now in this COVID-19 uh, lockdown. So it seems nefesh, the National Public Health Emergency Team, they gave the green light yesterday to allow all of the major retailers, now only the ones, by the way, that have on street entrances, but they gave them the go ahead and said, yeah, you can go ahead. This wasn't due to happen until phase three, but Neffert are now saying, yeah, allow them to reopen on phase two, which would be next Monday. So that then went to the cabinet. There's a cabinet meeting this morning and it is widely expected that they're going to sign off on it, which would be a major acceleration of the government's roadmap on easing the coronavirus uh, restrictions. Under phase two of the plan, we were only next Monday expected to see small retail outlets due to open but Tony Houlihan uh, now yesterday has cleared the way for all of the major chain stores to uh, reopen. Now customers will be they'll open but we're not going to be back certainly where we were in March when they all closed we'll be noticing things will be very, very different when we go to some of these larger retail outlets. For example uh, customers will be prohibited from using changing rooms won't be allowed to try on clothes in the shop. You're going to have to bring them uh, home. I don't think it's going to affect, I'm assuming it won't affect in any way exchanging the items, but a lot of people like to try something on before they actually purchase. We're not going to be allowed to do that for quite some uh, time. Obviously, all of the retail outlets will be required to adhere to strict guidelines, limit the number of customers they allow into their store at any one time. 
But, you know, I think as consumers, we're all very much after getting used to that. We're queuing outside supermarkets and chemist shops as it is. So if you want to go into a retail shop, I think we can all expect to be queuing outside. The homeware stores, they were the ones three weeks ago we were expecting them to open. And it was this day three weeks ago that we discovered, oh, no, the homeware stores are not opening. They're all going to open. Shopping centres will not be permitted to open. They're still going to have to wait. It's still expected to be later in the summer. And that's over the fears that large groups of people would congregate uh, together. Uh, It is expected next week's phase two of the roadmap to reopen the country will also give the go ahead for the summer camps. They will allow for playgrounds to open. Uh, We're expecting to hear something about classes for special needs uh, children. We're also expecting to hear something uh, around guidelines around visits to nursing homes and other residential centres so many families are waiting to hear what's going to be said and what's going to be allowed from Monday about visiting a loved one either in a nursing home or in a residential centre. However, the Health Minister, Simon Harris, speaking yesterday in the Dáil, he said that since the first phase of the roadmap started nearly three weeks ago, the R number has very slightly increased. The data is suggesting that the R number, the reproductive number in Ireland, is somewhere between 04 and 0.7. We need to keep that number below one. Otherwise, we would carry the risk of an increase in cases and then obviously a larger outbreak of the disease. But the good news is that the lifting of the restrictions so far has not had a negative impact on the spread of uh, coronavirus. Dr Tony Houlihan, for example, said yesterday there'd been a downward trend in the numbers of people going into hospital with COVID-19. reduction in the number of ICU uh, admissions and of course we also know there's been uh, day on day uh, less people are dying and less people are getting confirmed with uh, COVID-19 and that's all down to adherence to public health. Personal behaviours is uh, essential in avoiding an upsurge in infection into the future. So that's going to be all things like our hand hygiene and the social distancing and uh, the cough etiquette. Um, So we will move forward into phase the second phase of the easing of restrictions and at some stage today uh, Leo Varadkar will make the announcement we're still trying to find out when he is expected to make the announcement the new phase will also permit a slightly larger number of people to attend funerals but it, it will still be restricted to immediate family and very close friends. Marts are also earmarked to reopen under phase two. Sports clubs will be able to hold training sessions. However, they still won't be permitted to play matches. The non-essential travel ban, that's going to be extended from five kilometres to 20 kilometres. However, there's still concern within government over the limit on travel, especially in rural communities. And we've been hearing from people in rural communities who are saying that the five kilometres were literally, was of no use to them because there was nothing within five kilometres of where they lived. So when when you extend five kilometres to 20 uh, kilometres, it'll have, you know, greater effect on people living in urban areas because 20 kilometres allows them to really move outside their urban areas. But for people in rural areas, it's having a much harder effect. And I really do think that that needs to be looked at, especially now that the bigger stores are going to be allowed to open. I mean, I heard it been mentioned yesterday and, and there, was, there was a discussion going on on social media about, I mean, the likes of IKEA are now 
now going to be allowed uh, to open but there are very few people live within 20 kilometres of their IKEA stores. So people want to travel if they're allowing these stores uh, to uh, open. Surely they can't force people to stick to the travel limit if they want to go to a particular store. Uh, that surely th- there's going to have to be a lot of flexibility around that at 20 kilometres. Now businesses obviously and business groups very much welcoming the reports that were coming out yesterday that the government is going to accelerate the opening of the small and larger stores on uh, Monday. Pennies though have, were out of the block straight away saying they're not going to, they're not ready to reopen yet so they're certainly not going to reopen on Monday. They say they need time to adjust their stores and I suppose in their defence they weren't in any way preparing to open on uh, Monday when you were, they were looking at the roadmap they had many more weeks before they felt they could open some of their stores and of course stores that are in large Shopping centres won't be reopening. That's going to be at the very end of the lifting of restrictions. So I suppose they were saying there was no point us, you know, getting into the stores and getting them all ready because we're not going to be opening for weeks. So for 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 a lot of the retailers, I don't know if all of them will reopen on Monday because they're going to need to have to put systems in place and the training of staff and signs around the stores. You know, the two the two meter signs. Uh, so you know, it, it while it is good news. For some of the stores, it may have come as a, a bolt of the blue, out of the blue and they just simply won't be ready. So it'll be interesting to see how many of the stores actually do fully open and are fully operational on Monday. Now, business groups are, are expressing concern about the retailers in the shopping centres, particularly the smaller stores, saying it's really, really unfair on them. But, you know, the advice is there. We can't have large groups of people in enclosed spaces because if we do, what will happen? We will simply spread the uh, virus. But for the entire economy. It's very welcomed news. That's what's come from the Small Firms Association. They say it's good for the vitality of local towns and economies. Uh, However, the Small Firms Association acknowledged disappointing. They were disappointed for the retailers in the shopping centres. Retail Excellent Ireland say they fear there will be a stampede of shoppers once the doors open again next Monday due to this pent up demand that could end up seeing large numbers of people condescending on outlets um, which are allowed to uh, reopen and there is a fear that there could be a bit of a free for all we're going to have to wait and see what happens across next week Retail Ireland that's Ibex Retail Wing they say the move is going to bring Ireland more in line with the rest of Europe where the vast majority of cases of the retail sector have already reopened retailers have clearly demonstrated their commitment to transforming how they operate to protect the health of consumers and staff so they say the reopening of larger retailers early, earlier than planned is, is welcomed acknowledgement along with the ner- urgent need to protect thousands of vulnerable retail businesses and jobs and I think yeah for a lot of businesses the longer they were closed the more the worry were would they ever reopen again so as I say we wait and see uh, what Leo Varadkar and what and as I say I've asked John Paul to send off an email to the to the Department of the Taoiseach just if they can give us any kind of a heads up on what time we can expect that announcement uh, to be made but I'm assuming welcomed news and that people are looking forward to having more shops reopening on Monday and people of course who have been cocooning also waiting on the news that they're going to be allowed to head out to the shop They've been uh, stuck indoors with other people doing shopping for them. But from Monday, they are expected to be allowed out to shop as well. Your thoughts and comments welcome. Yesterday, we had a mum who was looking for advice about her son who has a summer job but needs to have a safe pass in order to take up the job and they're not issuing new safe passes. Could we find out any way that he would be able to do 
the safe pass and we got on to uh, Solace. They actually say that they looked at trying to do safe pass courses online, but unfortunately they've been not been able to identify a method uh, to do so. They are still looking into it for the future. They haven't given up on it yet, but at the moment there is no online facility for safe pass, which is very disappointing news for that yet young man who has a job that he can't uh, he can't take up. It really is disappointing, and uh, we found out no other way that he can do it, so he simply cannot take up the job. So as I say, really, really disappointed that I can't bring good news on that and also on people who were contacting us about the Bank of Ireland in uh, Mitchellstown and when is that going to reopen we got on to Bank of Ireland this Bank of Ireland's plans remain the same no update on the opening of any of the closed branches that they closed due to COVID-19 but they promise us when they have an update that they will let us know I know we were only on to them last week about the Mill Street uh, branch as well can I bring an email to you that I got yesterday and unfortunately I didn't get around to mentioning this yesterday today but I really do want to mention it uh, today because we love to hear from people who are going above and beyond and are becoming really like heroes in their own right for thinking outside the box and trying to do something to help out other people and other people who can be really struggling during during lockdown. So thanks to Lorraine DeWire who writes to me about two ladies Eileen O'Brien and Nicola Desmond and they are both members of the Kinsale Garden and Flower Club. Now Lorraine tells me in her email that the club is very popular in the local area and with the government restrictions the last number of months the members have really been missing their fortnightly club nights especially those members who are in the cocooning age bracket because for some it can be their main social outlet. So Eileen O'Brien and Nicola Desmond have gone out of their way to come up with a way to bring the club together virtually. They've been doing mini flower demonstrations on Facebook Live for the past two weeks and they do it on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. They actually did another one last night and it's on the Kinsale Garden and Flower Club Facebook page. The response seemingly has been unprecedented. The club members themselves are obviously loving the connection and the entertainment and they have viewers joining them from all over Ireland, Northern Ireland, England, India, USA, Australia and New Zealand. In times where people in Kinsale, which is mainly tourist town that we spoke about on the programme this week, are worried about the effects of the pandemic, these two ladies are really putting their club and the town on the map. Lorraine says, as you can imagine, it's quite a lot of work for Eileen to come up with new ideas and the flowers and the plant material needed every week. But she's doing a super job and Nicola is her camera woman. So Lorraine just asked me if I give them a big shout out uh, and just to say a huge thank you to them and to know that it's been really, really appreciated by the members and indeed now non-members are tuning in as well. So keep a lookout for that. If you're on Facebook, give the Kinsale Garden and Flower Club Facebook page a like and keep a lookout on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock because people are complaining that there's nothing on the television and it's all all repeats. So you don't always have to watch TV. You can go on to Facebook and if you're into flower arranging, I think it'd be a lovely thing to do on a, Friday, on a Thursday night at 8 o'clock. The Kinsale Garden and Flower Club. That's their Facebook page. And well done to Eileen O'Brien and Nicola Desmond. Cork Today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie Fon Sawalcha. Let's see 103.
Ta COVID Nidig on Shut and Aaron Agus Kamut Fanak Sawalia Kunwit Fain Agus Akela Akosant. Anish Ta Plan the Kuik Kamena and the Hyantira Oskotarish. Kadion Tuxala Day Dimi Beltna, Be Dera Le Kupa Shrianta Avian Hanafain. Mata Tu Dolomon Akliok the Tavamwe, Anish Ta Kadaga Fanavoskuk Kuik Kilometer Dimbalia in Igor Kilometer. Mata Shivak Fanak Somalia and Tamar Fad no Kakuning, Be Kadaga Dolomak last shit in Kuik Kilometer, Akhtor Aragon a real cuff with social distancing. Bigi Olaf Nervin Shivum Ekshopadorot, Bigi Lissa Agav, Nabi Brazal, Agus Kanag Narodi Atal Richtnach, Tor Mask Nadini Elisashopa, Agus Dunfern Atal Gobaram, Bigni the Lad Nis Minaka Lagalinach Akasishke, Nabi Glagan Love Ed Aidan, Agus Matak Hasak No Sneefer Dagat, Dane Ed Ilan, Tausagangamichi Zakar of Esmayan Tamarfad and the Pashti, Akterash Kuignabun Rodi, Tayamak Sagardin, Big Bachal, Dane Aline, Kardioch Miramari, Agus Dahukan, Fan Savalte, Fan Somalia. Lahai Tilla Olish, Fon Lin, Air C103. C103 encourages you to shop local during COVID-19. Most of our stores remain closed, so we can't go to the shop, but we can still support them by shopping online. Use Facebook, Instagram and Twitter to search for hashtag shop local. And buy from Cork businesses. Buy from Cork businesses. It's a sign of the times. Get everything you need from toys to toilet roll and groceries to gardening. Support your neighbours, friends and communities and shop local. It's a sign of the times. Supported by McCarthy Insurance Group, a Cork family business looking after you in this time of need. CMIG.ie Shop local with C103. Most of us have spent the past three months desperately trying to avoid the coronavirus, but my next guest is in a different position in that he is willing to contract COVID-19 in the near future. Sean O'Neill McPartland is a Trinity Philosophy graduate who has volunteered to be infected with the virus as part of vaccine trials. And Sean joins me. Good morning to you, Sean. Uh, Well, you're very welcome to the programme. Now, you're part of a global movement of volunteers known as One Day Sooner. Uh, For people who've never heard of that group, tell me a little bit about that group. So, One Day Sooner arose, uh, of course, the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, The whole idea was that we could accelerate uh, a vaccine by using what's called a human vaccine trial. Uh, uh, So, human challenge vaccine trial. (laughs) A challenge vaccine trial differs from an ordinary vaccine trial, in that the volunteers are deliberately exposed to the virus. This has the benefit, of course, of speeding things up significantly. So one day sooner doesn't conduct these trials themselves. Our job is to advocate on behalf of those who would wish to volunteer for such a trial. And that's what we've been doing for the last few months. And we have over 20,000 volunteers globally, pushing 30,000 at the moment. So that's what we're about. And have you been accepted onto a vaccine trial? So at the moment, there are no currently ongoing uh, human challenge vaccine trials. So at the moment, there are vaccine production and the challenge trials are kind of a candidate route to go to speed up the uh, removal of bad vaccines and the pushing forward of vaccines that have potential. So at the moment, one day soon has been in discussions with the National Institute of Health in the United States and other governing bodies like the FDA in the United States. Uh, Oxford University look like they might be considering a human challenge trial, but it's very uncertain at the moment. Uh, so we advocate on behalf of the volunteers who wish to take part in these trials. Challenge trials have taken place for uh, cholera, typhoid, um, 
in fact, the smallpox vaccine that eventually eradicated uh, smallpox started off in a very in a very similar way that Alan Feld would, namely deliberately exposing people to the to the virus itself. And obviously, getting volunteers to sign up and be willing to take part as soon as there is a company uh, ready to go with the human challenge trial, the volunteers are ready. Yes, exactly. So <clears throat> the whole idea is that we have, we kind of uh, are prepared. That's our job is to make sure the world is prepared. We know that the public knows where the challenge trial is, uh, that the public is informed about what the relevant risks are, and of course that the science is robust enough to support it. Um, so our job is just to make sure we're ready. One of the things we do is, uh, at the moment, is securing uh, safe uh, versions of the vaccine of the virus itself, because we need large amounts of that manufactured in order to uh, be safely administered to people as part of these trials. So that's one of the things we're doing to make sure we're ready for this kind of for this challenge to happen. And our main job is to make sure we're really prepared, just in case it comes to the point where we where the scientific community thinks, OK, this is what we need now. And if, if you got to the stage where the trial was ready to go, uh, Sean, yeah. would you would you worry in case you became very unwell with coronavirus? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, so the risks look like, for people in my age group, I'm 22, uh, and for people in my age group in the United States, at least that one in 3,300 died of coronavirus. Um, and they usually have pre-existing conditions. So that's about the same risk as a kidney donation or about twice the risk of pregnancy, at least in the United States. So, uh, of course, it's dangerous. Um, I certainly hope the vaccine works. Yeah. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it's, it's a risk that uh, people who you're mentioning cocooning persons earlier in the show and uh, people who have pre-existing conditions bear a much greater risk even going out to the shops. Yeah. They're, they're very afraid of uh, the ongoing lifting of restrictions and uh, the risk that they'll be faced with every day. So the risk I'll, I'll be faced if I, if this trial goes ahead would be pretty minuscule in comparison. And as you say, you are only 22. How did your family react? <laughs> so they weren't particularly happy. Uh, my partner and my father in particular were not happy at all. They were... Um, one of the reasons they cited was, well, this sounds like a good idea, but I, I, I don't want you doing it um, because, you know, you're going to graduate school and things like this. Um, but that's true of everyone's family. Everyone's family identifies with the certain projects that people are going through and um, wants them to continue with them and don't want any harms to come to their family. Of course, that's true. But um, those that agree that this is a good idea um, are kind of committed if they're in a good circumstance to do it to bear the risk of this Um So I think I'd be a hypocrite to say this should be done, but it should be done by someone else. And they accepted that, I think. Very, very, very brave um, of you. And do you believe we are getting closer to finding a vaccine? Um, well, it, it's all very much up in the air at the moment. Um, so I think the, the good thing that the challenge call will do, at the very least, I think, it, it will exclude bad vaccines. Um, so a challenge trial will be much quicker than an ordinary stage three vaccine trial where uh, there's a group given the vaccine and another given nothing placebo, and then they're put out into the population. This can last up to six months. 
the challenge trial will last two months, um, and if it doesn't work in the challenge trial, then we can uh, we can move on and devote resources elsewhere. But if it shows potential, we can really ramp up production and be ready, uh, just in case it passes the stage three vaccine trial, and we can have a really robust supply of it to administer to the population. Um, so I'm I won't speculate on timelines at the moment because I don't think anyone could do that confidently. But I certainly think challenge trials have a really high potential of speeding things up by hopefully about a month, at least. Um, hence, the name of the organization one day sooner. Even if we accelerate it by one day, that could save potentially thousands of lives. Absolutely. And by Absolutely. Months, and and Oxford University, there's good signs, isn't there, coming out from the, from the vaccine at Oxford? It, it seems like it. And uh, they've, as far as I know, uh, they're open to the idea of a human challenge trial. Now, there are certain um, issues to do with ethics review boards and, um, you know, the relevant um, safety organizations in the UK. Um, but if it passes all that, I think that the trial at Oxford has the highest potential for doing this sort of thing. Incidentally, I'll be going to Oxford in October. So well, I was I'm just pretty well placed. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was just about to ask you about that because I, I I was reading about you online yesterday. I know you finished in in Trinity. Uh, you've now been accepted to Oxford. Congratulations uh, on uh, on that. Um, there's a bit of a shortfall though with the funding for you. Oh, that's right. Um, a lot of people. I, I, I don't, I'm not sitting on a lot great deal of money, <laughs> if any, and. Uh, Thankfully, I've gotten a scholarship, uh, which covers a lot of the costs, but didn't co- cover all of it. Um, I think a lot of people are in this situation. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying everywhere I can to raise as much money as possible. It's a, a big move, though, to, to get accepted to Oxford, isn't it? It's a big deal. Uh, uh, certainly a big deal for me. No one in my family has uh, went to university before, so it was certainly exciting for me. Um, yeah, I, I study philosophy, and philosophy in Oxford is... Uh, I mean, the first in, first in your family to go to third level and you go to Trinity and out of Trinity you get accepted onto Oxford. You're setting the bar very high, can I say, <laughs> for anybody coming up, any of the younger siblings or cousins. So so, so go so go you. And Sean, what, what is the long term? Is it to teach? Yeah, so um, academic philosophy, like most of academia, you just look to get into but I'd be certainly interested in trying to get into that, otherwise get into some kind of research role. Uh, I currently uh, run a, a, a non-profit called uh, Effective Altruism Ireland. So anything in the non-profit area or in academia, I'd be pretty happy with. Okay. All right. Well, we wish you good luck, Bob, with your career and uh, with the trials, uh, Sean. And uh, we will keep in contact with you because it'll be interesting if the Human Challenge trials comes on. It'll be really interesting to talk to see, talk with you and to see how you get on. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme. No worries. Thanks. Good, good morning to you. Bye bye. That is Sean O'Neill McPartlin, uh, a young Trinity graduate who has put his name forward. I think very bravely. I mean, they they are the, those volunteers are the ones that will make the difference when it comes to getting a vaccine and getting a vaccine out as quickly as possible. And that's why he's part of that global movement called One Day uh, Sooner. We can be very proud of those young people. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. John Paul taking your calls, text or WhatsApp oh eight six two. 103 103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie.
We are currently in phase one of the government's roadmap for reopening society and business. During phase one, you can meet in small groups outdoors. Up to four people who are not from the same household can meet outdoors. This can include a family meeting an individual, friend or neighbour, a group of individuals meeting outdoors and two couples meeting outdoors. Social distancing should be maintained with all people keeping two metres apart. Meetings should be within five kilometres of the households of those involved. You are advised to limit the number of people you meet with outdoors. The more contact you have, the greater risk you have of getting and spreading the virus. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie. Now, a Cork mother has launched a birthday card appeal for her son ahead of his 10th birthday, a milestone she never thought that he would achieve. Deirdre Sullivan from Holly Hill joins me to share her son Daniel's uh, story. Uh, Good morning to you, Deirdre. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and you're welcome to the programme and we will give out your address at the at the end of our chat. But I suppose, take me back, how soon after Daniel's birth did you realise that something was wrong? Um, he was seven days old and he woke with a temperature and I brought him to my GP and my GP didn't like the sound of his breathing so he t- sent him to our local hospital. They'd done an x-ray and they spotted a limb something on his lung to keep him in for observation and within a week he was being ventilated Um there was nothing more they could do and a doctor mentioned this machine called ECMO I've never heard of it and there was a team from Sweden flew in to Cork, hooked Daniel up to this machine and flew him to Sweden where he spent 53 days on this machine And this is as a tiny little baby? Tiny baby. He was only 16 days old when he actually flew to Sweden. And what had caused his lung problems? Um, Daniel contact, contacted a very rare virus called AD14. Um, it's just like your common cold virus, but the strain that Daniel had got is a very rare one. And obviously he didn't have an immune system to fight off the virus, so it just destroyed his lungs. My gosh. So 51 days on this machine in Sweden... 53 days, 53 yeah. days. our longest newborn ever to be on at that, that time, yeah. Were you in Sweden with him? Yeah, myself and my husband flew to Sweden, yeah. And then what happened at the end of the 53 days? We were flown back to Dublin where he returned to Temple Street into intensive care where he spent a further two months. Um, um, and then he was returned him to Cork where he spent seven and a half months in total in hospital before he was allowed home. And what was being said to you at that time for the the long-term prognosis for Daniel? No, nobody knew. Nobody knew because um, what they say now he has is adenovirus, um, bronchitis obliterin. What he had was the adenovirus, but now the damage is um, Mm. the bronchitis obliterin. So it's very rare in Ireland. So it would be very popular in the UK. So he had surgery back a few months ago. And they had to remove a section of his lung just due to all the damage. And that has gone to Great Ormond Street to be tested just so we can kind of find out further detail of what's going on in the lung. And he's coming up for his 10th birthday and he's now on a, he's on, is it a double transplant list? He's not on the list yet. We go for assessments every couple, every six months, every year. They kind of change it around to Great Ormond Street. But they were very happy with him up until he, his lung collapsed back in March. So um, he was doing really well. And the longer we can get him without the transplant, the better. 
Okay, that we but can keep the lungs that he has for as long as we can, it will be great. But that will be the long term goal for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, that will definitely happen at, at yeah, at he's on sunset. oxygen 24 7. He can't come off his oxygen at all. So, and how does how, how does schooling work out then for him? He has a full time SNA while in school, which they're amazing with him. Um, so she helps him with all that he needs to do. He can actually carry the tank himself. So he's <laughs> getting a little bit more independent in the last year or so that he puts it on his back. It is heavy, but he does. He don't let the illness get the better of him, so he won't give in to it. So and he of course, carries it and off he goes. He knows nothing different. This is the way little Daniel's life has always been. No. Yeah, he knows no different. He's been on oxygen since he was the seven days old, so... Yeah. And what type of a little boy is he? Funny. <laughs> Happy all the time. He always smiles, no matter whether he's sick or not sick. He's always smiling. He He's just a funny, witty. He just has a great sense of humour for a child that's sick, so sick. And now the, this dreaded virus that has reached our shores, uh, coronavirus, we know it attacks the lungs yeah. That must be a real concern for you. It is. And of course, it broke the day that Daniel's lung collapsed and he was in the resuscitation room in the COH. Oh. That's when we heard of it. So we were petrified at that time. But he was in isolation. So very limited people were coming into Daniel's. So we were very careful. And now he's cocooned at home. and Yeah, he we ended up in Crumlin after the COH because he had to go up there for further surgery that couldn't be done down here the lung just wasn't going back up so they had to take him to theatre and stick it up with a talc well after they removed the section um, and he spent a day and a half in intensive care and then we returned back to Cork so he's been cocooning since we got home God he's been through a lot in his little life hasn't he? He has yeah he has had many battles And have you other children? Yeah, three other children, two older boys and a younger little girl. And they're all are they? Daniel is Daniel to them. They don't see any any anything different with him going no. around with oxygen. Yeah, no, they don't. No, but the whole family has to cocoon when you have somebody vulnerable like that. Isn't that yeah, the case? we work we work cocooning the whole lot of us for the majority of it. My husband has now since returned to work, so he just has to be extra careful with what he might bring home. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It it really is tough. So is there can't be a big birthday, obviously this no, year for it. We for, had for a big the... birthday booked, but we had to cancel it. Unfortunately, he does understand, but uh, uh, then he'd be saying, "Why can't I have my birthday?" So there's kind of I know. Yeah, it's it's really hard on children. They just they you know while they understand they do there's another part of it they don't understand they don't it's, yeah the unfair yeah it's the unfairness of it. So you so why did you come up with this birthday card idea? I just thought with everything that was going on, I try and I always do an extra special birthday every year for Daniel. Anyway, over being sick, we always try and do something different every year. And obviously with this now, I just said I'd come up with a card appeal and just make that. He loves birthday cards. So I said I'd come up with this and see if we could put an extra smile on his face. So you just want people, any kind of a birthday card... Anything just to wish him a happy birthday and he he's received 85 birthday cards in three days already. So <laughs> people, are respo- people are responding and it's yeah. so, so the, the address, it's Daniel O'Sullivan. Yep. And the address is 22 Meadow Grove. Meadow Green. Meadow Green, my apologies, yep. Meadow Green. The Meadows, Holly Hill Cork. Okay, 22 Meadow Green, the Meadows, 
Hollyhill, uh, Cork. Now, the actual official birthday is the 24th of June, uh, but yes. we want to make sure that the cards arrive in uh, plenty of time. And um, will you have a little house party yourselves, amongst yourselves on the day, Deirdre? Just amongst ourselves, we'll sing happy birthdays with a little cake and stuff. So. Yeah, because yeah. he's probably missing his school friends as well, is he? And he's... Yeah, because he had been out for two weeks previous before the lockdown and stuff, so he hasn't seen his friends for a while, so he was looking forward to that. Ah, Bless. We couldn't take the chance. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, listen, uh, please God, he'll get loads of birthday cards. This will put a bit of a smile on his face and we'll all get through this lockdown period and we'll come out the other side of COVID-19. You're oh, a fantastic yes. mum. Look after yourself because Dan- you so Daniel needs you in good form as well. And listen, thanks a million for joining us on the programme. No problem. Thank you very much. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. Uh, Deirdre O'Sullivan there, mum of little Daniel. So that's Daniel O'Sullivan, 22 Meadow Green, the Meadows, Holly Hill. Would you consider, please, sending him a birthday card for his 10th birthday on June 24th? You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. It's now an email into patricia at c103.ie from Mick, who says, those who organised and attended the recent mass demonstration in Dublin, this was the Black Lives Matter uh, protest last weekend, on Taoiseach by his endorsement of same and guard the management by their failure police, this and certain other large ga- gatherings all have something in common. Mick feels they have all, they're all spitting in the faces of those who have lost loved ones to COVID-19, those who have lost their livelihoods, frontline healthcare staff, those who have suffered in any way over the past few months, all those who have adhered to and are still expected to adhere to lockdown and social distancing regulations, which has now been turned into a bad joke. Make not happy about that protest last weekend. And a lot of people, I have to say, not happy with the numbers of people who turned out. I think not with the protest itself. I mean, I think everybody supports the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, protest. And there was to be, I think, based on the, uh, based probably on the success of the one in Dublin, there was talk straight away uh, after the weekend there was going to be more of these protests. And there was one due to take place here in Cork and there was another one to be in Dublin in the coming days. But they've now all been called off because of fears that the organisers of the events could face prosecution. We heard the news earlier this week that the Guard are investigating the organisers of the Black Lives Matter protest in Dublin. I mean, it saw thousands of people turn out on the streets of Dublin on Bank Holiday at Monday. And of course, that Black Lives Matter protests, they've started in the US because of the dreadful, dreadful killing of that black man, um, George Floyd, who died in Minneapolis while in police custody. And I think now, by now, everyone has seen the video coverage of the officer kneeling on his neck for almost nine minutes. I, I saw part of his memorial service, deeply moving memorial service uh, last night. The four officers who were involved in the arrest are all now, obviously, facing charges. People feel though it should be just first degree murder um, and, and it isn't at the moment. Now whether that's going to change because of all of these protests, I don't know. But anyway, protests started in America and now they've moved out to other countries including the protests that we had in Dublin on Monday. And um, They're organised really on social media and out of social media then people pick up on it. But I think nobody could have anticipated the numbers and the size of the crowd that turned up in Dublin. Even the organisers say that it exceeded their expectations. But holding events in 
the currently prohib- is currently prohibited because of COVID-19 restrictions and Angardi uh, are now investigating the matter and they're taking advice from the Director of Public Prosecutions and it's going to be sought in respect of any further actions uh, to be taken and I suppose because of that of what could happen to the people who organise the event in Dublin nervousness now on behalf of the organisers for the event that was due here in Cork and there was to be another one in Dublin so they have been uh, cancelled. Now there, there is talks of a separate Black Lives Matter protest still due to take place in Cork on Monday. I don't know if that's going ahead or not. Limerick are also uh, set to hold a protest tomorrow. A spokesperson for Angarda Siakona says it continues to appeal to all citizens to comply with the public health regulations. The COVID-19 temporary restrictions which give Gardaí their enforcement power remains in effect until June the 8th and I don't know if they're going to be extended or not but as of now they remain in place until June the 8th. So people are just asked not to gather in huge numbers and people who do decide to go out and protest. It's when the larger numbers gather social distancing then becomes really really difficult but just on that whole issue and that the Black Lives Matter campaign which is just to say it has taken off globally and it is hugely putting a focus onto certainly in America police brutality but brutality in particular when it comes to uh, people of different ethnic groups and it's, it's bringing up the whole thing of racism and all of that. Really fantastic WhatsApp in from Michael in Castletown Bear today with regard to Nelson Mandela and we'll all know what Nelson Mandela went through in his life but just take a listen uh, to this and Michael says I think your listeners might like to hear this especially in the times that we're currently living in and it's a piece that's entitled Never Mess with Intelligent People. And it says, when Nelson Mandela was studying law at university, a white professor whose last name was Peters disliked him intensely. One day, Mr. Peters was having lunch at the dining room in the university when Nelson Mandela came along with his tray and he sat down next to the professor. The professor turned around and said, Mr. Mandela, you do not understand. A pig and a bird do not sit together to eat. Nelson Mandela looked at him as a parent would look at a rude child and calmly replied, you do not worry, Professor, I'll fly away. And he went and sat at another table. Mr. Peters reddened with rage and decided to take revenge. The next day in class, he posed the following question. Mr. Mandela, if you were walking down the street and found a package and within was a bag of wisdom and a bag of money, which one would you take? Without hesitating, Nelson Mandela responded, the one with the money, of course. And Mr Peters, smiling sarcastically, says, I, in your place, would have taken the bag with wisdom. Nelson Mandela shrugged and responded, each one takes what he doesn't have. Mr Peters, by this time, was about to throw a fit and was seething with fury. So great was his fury that he wrote on Nelson Mandela's exam paper the word idiot and then handed it back to Nelson Mandela. Nelson took the exam sheet, sat at his desk, trying hard to remain calm while he contemplated his next move. A few minutes later, Nelson Mandela got up. He walked up to the professor's table and he told him in a dignified, polite tone, Mr Peters, you signed your name on my sheet, but you forgot to give me my grade. Oh, what a man. What a man. Thank you, Michael, for that. When I read that earlier, it really made me smile. 
And actually on this whole Black Lives Matter campaign and if you're into social media, I mean, it's all over social media. And there is a bit of a debate going on about Black Lives Matter versus some people saying, shouldn't it be all lives matter? And, you know, why are we not on a campaign for all lives matter? It doesn't matter about the the colour of your skin. But it's very important that we recognise that all lives matter, particularly in the context of what has happened to George Floyd and so many others, so many other names. There's just a long, long list of names of people who've died uh, in America and indeed in other countries in uh, in police custody and they were all of ethnic minorities. Um, And I heard a piece yesterday from the American actor uh, Ashton Kutcher that I thought was a really great piece. He was talking about, he reads a bedtime story to his two children at night. He's a little boy and a little girl. I think they're about six and eight. They're young. They're under the age of ten anyway. And every night he reads a bedtime story to them and his daughter gets to pick which book gets read first and then his son gets to pick the second one and that's the way it's always been. And he said last week his son said, you know, why why does, you know, I don't, don't know the names of the children now, but why do girls always go first? You know, why can't boys go first? And Ashton Kutchner said to his son that in some countries and in some parts of the world, girls are never allowed to go first. And he said that's why for that reason in our world and in our home, girls will always go first. And I just thought it really summed up what this Black Lives Matter when people are talking about, uh, you know, don't white lives matter, don't all lives uh, matter. There are unfortunately places in this world where people of a different coloured skin don't matter. And therefore it is important for all of us when we get the chance to make sure that we can stand with them and say, yes, their lives uh, do uh, matter. So I thought it was a great piece, as I said, I heard from uh, Ashton Kutcher, who sounds like an all nice round guy for sure. 1850-333-103. John Paul continues to take your calls. I want to do a follow up. Um, oh, this was a call that we had in yesterday from a listener who was saying what was happening with the Mallow Bridge, the boardwalk and why wasn't the work continuing now and with the schools closed and there's traffic on the road would this not be the time to do the work on Mallow Bridge? So we got on to Cork County Council and asked them could they update us please on what was happening with the works on the boardwalk on Mallow Bridge and they came back to us to say Cork County Council recommenced work on the Mallow Bridge boardwalk on the 2nd of June. The recommencement of the works was delayed by the temporary suspension of construction works in accordance with the government direction on COVID-19. But in parallel with this works on site, the steel section of the boardwalk are currently being fabricated off site. Now, we always knew that that was a big job that would be done off site. And when it's completely uh, made, then it gets lifted in and it gets put, put, put into place. So that is happening off site. It's expected that the works will be completed in the final quarter of 20. 20, so I don't know how on course they are. It obviously has been delayed because of all the, all the work had to stop but they're back working on it just to let people know. And then we've had people looking for passports and, and you know we know that for some people they are planning for some they're not going to travel this year at all but for others now that other countries are opening up people are already starting to make plans people are starting to book uh, flights and people desperately want to get away and they want to go on holidays but of course if you've got an out of date passport or you're looking for a passport for the first time then you're not going anywhere unless you have your passport and we know that you can't get a passport and haven't been able to get a passport since uh, the lockdown. But the passport office have been on to us to say that they will resume the processing of online applications from next 
week. This has been confirmed by the Department of Foreign Affairs. Now, how do you go about getting your passport? People are encouraged to apply online. It's by far the quickest way of getting your passport renewed. Now, those that have applied through the paper application, because people have been still applying, but have been told it just goes in on file and then they will eventually uh, get uh, to it. So if you are one of those that have already applied through the paper application, the passport office are encouraging you to call the office to change from a paper application to an online application. A member of staff will talk those members of the public through making the online application. You'll also get a refund for the paper renewal will be made to you. The Passport Express system has not been operating lately, but it is hoped to get that back up and running. But that's not going to happen for another few weeks. So you can't go through Passport Express. That's by going to the post office. If someone has applied through the Passport Express service and your passport application was gone in and then lockdown uh, happened. Those people are also being encouraged to apply online and then your express fee will also be refunded. Operations, they say, will resume to normal in the coming weeks and months. But the minister who indicated the online service should resume normal turnaround times of about two to three weeks, but that's not going to happen until July. The passport office is currently not accepting any applications for normal passport renewals and is only processing emergency passports. But from next week now, if you need to get a passport, you will be able to do it online. 1850-333-103. John Paul, taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. Ara Glen Nursing Home in Boerbwy. They're recruiting for a full-time experienced housekeeper. Previous nursing home experience desirable, although it's not essential. Qualified mechanic with a good knowledge of mechanics and electrics wanted. That's for the West Cork uh, area. While Charleville Plantar, they're recruiting for a new lorry driver. You need to have a minimum of a C1 driving licence. And a part-time groomer is required for a busy veterinary practice. That's in the Dohollow area. All grooming equipment will be supplied. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Boots Ireland has launched a safe space initiative. It's in partnership with Safe Ireland for women experiencing domestic violence. To find out more, I'm joined by Mary McDermott, who is co-CEO of uh, Safe Ireland. Good morning to you, Mary. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, How are you? Well, I'm very well and you're welcome to, to the programme. Are victims of domestic violence more at risk during this current lockdown and the restrictions that are, are in place? Well, the simple answer to that is yes, because it's, it's a perfect storm. It's a, like a convergence of two very serious issues. Uh, obviously, we're all locked down in, in our homes with COVID and homes are unsafe for people who are in abusive relationships. So it's it's a very tense, tight convergence of uh, two very serious issues. So explain how these safe spaces at Boots will actually operate. Well, uh, it, to put uh, it in context, Patricia, Safe Ireland has been working for many years not only to respond to domestic violence, but to prevent it. And one of the core issues for us is, of course, that not only do we ask and try and support people who experience abuse, do we ask them to reach out? But at this point, we're trying to also, uh, you know, educate communities about reaching in. 
So the Boots Boots Initiative, Safe Space Initiative, which started in the UK and Boots Ireland picked it up, is a great uh, instance of this. So what what will the hope is that on the high street where people can see and go into Boots fairly readily, there are 88 stores around the country. They will the staff there who will not be in any way um, counselling or directing people who have any queries. But what they will do is provide numbers and a safe space where they may be able to make a call in relation to it. So it means that people who are experiencing domestic abuse themselves can go into a Boots where uh, they will be safe because there's a lot of surveillance in an abusive relationship and people can be highly controlled and they may not feel they can speak in a highly locked down situation at home. That's number one. But as important from our point of view is also that friends, that neighbours, that family can go in, receive a number for their local domestic violence support services and they are throughout. We have a a nationwide member network of 39 organisations around the country so you can go into Boots and get your local domestic uh, support service and speak with um, someone there who will give you some advice. And in a, uh, and in Cork, you have uh, uh, several support services. We've, so we have some wonderful, wonderful groups. Most uh, certainly yeah, have. both in the city and, and the ones across the county, which are so important because mm-hmm. uh, I always fear for, I mean, people suffering domestic violence are, are very isolated uh, anyway. But I think if you're in a very rural area, you can be even more isolated just by the nature of where, of where, of where, of where you're living. But, uh, but this, and uh, what I really liked when I read about and heard about this uh, initiative for Boots, because it's hard for people who have never experienced domestic violence and don't understand that, that a woman can be just completely controlled in her own home to the point that she can't even pick up the phone and get a, get a minute on her own or that her phone wouldn't be monitored mm-hmm. to ring and say that she needs help. But to be able to say, oh, I need to go to the chemist and then mm-hmm. to get out and get into the chemist and be able to get in there and say, I need a bit of help. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, there, there are a number of things that you say there. The first thing is that, of course, COVID has given us all a real insight into what it means to be in a lockdown situation. And it also gives us some insight into the nature of domestic violence because, you know, if you're in a lockdown situation <laughs> and we're now on months with your partner and your family, you know, the way they, they, they eat their cornflakes could be irritating. <laughs> you know, uh, that is, and you know, you do not cross that line. You do not cross that line into abuse and surveillance and control. But we understand that we have a sense, we have a sense in ourselves of how stressful it can be in, in a tight situation. Can you imagine if that is expressly violent, if it is expressly controlling? If it is expressly, you know, you you can't move, and we have some pretty terrible stories from around uh, the country. We meet twice a week. All our members meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays since the beginning of March, uh, where we can share our experience and share the expertise from all around the country. And some of the stories, as you can imagine, are just simply dreadful. The level of surveillance is unspeakable in some instances. That is why this Boots initiative is so is so um, important, as you rightly point out. It's hard for people to imagine that someone can be tracked through spyware, that they can be confined to one room, that they may be forced to stay in the car under the threat that they're supposed to be a source of spread of COVID. So COVID itself is becoming a weapon of abuse. It's very difficult to describe this. Now, some of the, the problem is also that a lot of people can't really associate or understand with 
uh, you know, the, 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 the dynamics of an abusive relationship because we often only hear these very, very strong, extreme stories. And all in our refuges, people often present only in extremists. But this is a continuum. And Safe Ireland has worked very strongly to uh, lead in bringing uh, forth the course of control law. So this is about uh, dynamics of control and exploitation and abuse. And the Boots Initiative, we're hoping, more than anything else, will allow people to speak about this in community. And again, I just say that, you know, the frustrations of COVID uh, might allow us to be able to speak a little bit more openly about that and the difference between that and domestic violence and abusive relationships. And I I assume that helplines right across the country are seeing an increase in calls since the pandemic started. They are, yeah. There's a lot of, and this again is, 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 uh, you know, there's loads of, always in terms of trying to make large-scale social change structures, there's often very intense debates about data and so on and so forth. And you have to remember that each situation is quite unique, notwithstanding that we can put in good structures to support uh, women coming out of abusive relationships. But, for example, uh, in some helplines, everything went completely quiet, completely quiet. And what we found was that the pattern reflects in some places, and that, that, what, that, what some places means is some women, depending on their circumstances. That, so, for example, before Christmas, helplines often go very quiet because women and children are just going very, very quiet, trying to keep everything managed handle the whole thing until after Christmas. And we know that there's going to be a surge now after COVID. And so the patterns of presentations to refuges went up and down there. They have remained open. Um, and there has been a lot of um, lack of capacity because we had to reduce capacity to adjust for COVID and spread of infection. Um, but nonetheless, for example, in Dundalk, since January, 80 women were turned away because there was no space for them in the refuges. Wow. Our helplines have been up and one of the very good operations, uh, I'm sure you're aware of that, or the community are aware of Operation Free Shift and the guards have really placed domestic violence as a top priority nationally and they have seen a 25 to 30% increase in domestic violence calls around the country. God, it's just, it's, it, it is really um, shocking. Um, and it, it can be difficult, can't it, Mary, for, for a woman to even admit that the, she needs help and to reach out and get the help that is there. But it can be so difficult to make that call. Of course it can. And again, instead of constantly, you know, in our minds having, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was saying, you know, the image we often have of this, particularly within Irish society, is like something out of the field, you know, a, a, a good John B. Keane story, uh, which is fine. There, there are, this, there, you know, there's historical truths in that, but it's much more subtle and sophisticated. And, we, and a lot of what we're doing in Safe Ireland is, is really examining the source and nature of this dynamic. It's, it's about interpersonal relationships and what sets up a relationship of dominance and subordination, what sets up a relationship where one party exploits the other. And for our uh, purposes, gender is a huge model for that. It's by no means saying it doesn't happen to men. Of course it does. We would never say, for example, that women can't be violent or women are morally superior to men. Of course they're not. But what we are saying is that there is a gender system in place and that that models a system of exploitation and domination and subordination. 
and that gives us in- insight, a particular kind of insight, in the same way as race does. I mean, we're facing this now looking at the race riots and Black Lives Matter in, in the United States. It's the same thing, where groups of people are put in a dominant or subordinate situation and they systematically, systematically exploit one another. And in the case of domestic violence, we're talking about in your family home. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, domestic violence, it isn't always physical. I mean, that's, I, I think, mm. you know, over the years I've interviewed uh, women who, who have very bravely shared their story. Uh, and, and I don't know how many times I've heard a woman say, it would have been easier if, I, if I'd been hit and got a black eye. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm of the generation that grew up, you know, where you preferred a parent, a parent to give you a clout. Yeah. Then, kind of a, yeah, you know, I'm disappointed. Or, yeah, or I'm disappointed <laughs> with you. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, and, and we're great for a boycott in this country and passive aggression and so on. So we've all those skills. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, I think, I mean, your core issue there is is question, I think, Patricia, is what you're really saying. What does it take for a woman to be able to reach out yeah. or indeed for a community to be able to reach in. And from our point of view, the first thing is to forget about gossiping about bad relationships and start having conversations about this. Having conversations as opposed to gossiping. Do not blame the victim. Yeah. Start speaking to each other. Now, at, at, this is, a, you know, at no point, and it's a very po- important part of the Boots Initiative that the staff are not putting themselves forward and are not being burdened with uh, the need to respond in a specialist uh, way, which is needed in this. So all the staff are directed to and will support people contacting the specialist domestic violence services. Yeah, they're, the provi- services. they're very much providing the safe Absolutely. space. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But the, the real issue is how do you begin to name when your relationship is abusive? And that's quite can be quite difficult because we often blame ourselves. And then somebody says, when a woman does re- does reach out and looks for help, what supports are, are available for her? Well, what I would suggest in the first instance, well, obviously you can go to Boots and get a list of your local domestic violence services. There, I would suggest you go to SafeIreland.ie. That's our website, and on that there's a map, and all the services around the country are identifiable there. And you can also win, ring your local helpline, which it, some, some of the helplines are 24 hours and some are not. But the national uh, helpline is there on the website and the men's aid, the women's aid helpline is there and the men's aid helpline is there. And you'll find those numbers. And, the, and Boots are giving out both those numbers as well. Yeah, and, and reach yeah. out, but reach out if we can get nothing. Reach out, but, but also uh, uh, from our point of view, this is the opportunity for community. Above all else, have we learned nothing else but that COVID really, really has exposed the power of community. And actually, that in the end, it's all we have. We can be online, we can be virtually everywhere, but at the end of the day, you open your front door and you get your help from your labour or you go to your local shop to get your groceries, even if it's two metres apart. And we know how important community is in Ireland and we have responded so positively during COVID. All the wonderful, generous nature of Irish society is really being demonstrated. And we're saying that some of the darker stuff we're able to handle now if we handle it in a community fashion yeah. and if we go to booth. Yeah, and Mary, I'm I'm constantly um, talking about it on the programme. I mean, the one thing I think mm. COVID-19 has done, it, it has brought out the very best yeah. uh, in people and the very best in, in communities, which which is fantastic. But unfortunately, then in domestic violence situations, it can bring out the very worst. 
in people as well and yeah. that's the yeah. that's the murky side of it all listen real pleasure talking to you Mary and, and we have to say congratulations to Boots as well I think Absol- you know kudos to them for what they've we done do. <laughs> and well we done do. they're great for working with us and we're and, it, working with and with 88 stores everybody's some way close uh, to one of them listen okay. Mary thank you for that and um, thanks for joining us this morning good morning to you uh, bye bye that bye-bye. is uh, Mary McDermott who is co-CEO of Safe uh, Ireland and please let us get that message out uh, to anybody listening who is suffering from domestic uh, violence please reach out uh, go to your local Boots uh, store for that safe uh, space or to anyone who's worried or concerned about a family member or a friend get the information get the advice that you need that you can pass on to help that person uh, 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education see the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie The government has launched phase one of Ireland's roadmap to reopening the country The following information relates to updated guidelines for sport and tourism. Outdoor spaces and tourism sites, for example car parks, beaches and mountain walks, are open where people can move around freely and where social distancing can be maintained. You can exercise either on your own or in a group of no more than four people where social distancing can be maintained and where there is no contact with other people. It is now possible to participate in a range of sporting activities in groups of no more than four people within five kilometres of the households of those involved. Social distancing should be maintained at all times. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Just to clarify something that came up yesterday, a listener was talking about the respite grant that was paid out to family carers yesterday uh, and was saying that the additional €1,000 wasn't paid out and this particular listener was disappointed. And I was saying I was unaware of what was the additional €1,000 and I couldn't find anything about an additional payment on the respite uh, grant. Well, somebody's clarified it uh, to say that the extra 1000 it was Family Carers Ireland, had written to the Minister for Employment Affairs and Social Protection Regina Doherty calling for an immediate supplementary payment of €1,000 to be paid alongside the annual carer support grant of uh, 1700 which was paid uh, yesterday. So the Family Carers Ireland who we actually only spoke with um, on the programme recently talking about how difficult uh, the, this whole lockdown is for family carers and how isolated many of them feel. Uh, they had looked for the additional money and I'm assuming they wanted it so that people could buy things like PPE because there was a lot of uh, family carers that have no access at all uh, to PPE uh, gear so they had written to the Minister but obviously the Minister uh, either wasn't in a position to fund it or not but they didn't come up with the extra thousand euro but the 1700 was paid out and went into all the uh, bank accounts of family carers yesterday. Uh, so I'm glad to clarify that. Thank you. There's no name on that what that listener is. Thank you uh, for sending that in to us uh, to 0862 103 103. Now to brighten up our Friday we've decided to check in with one of our favourite singers on the programme Tommy Fleming to see how lockdown is going for him and Tommy joins me. Uh, good morning to you Tommy Good morning Patricia, how are you today? Well I'm, I'm very well um, You're at home in uh, Sligo, I mean I'm assuming all of your gigs got cancelled was it? Everything was um, we got lost, the, we just finished the Irish tour luckily by the skin of our teeth which was the first of March 
when we'd finished that and then we were due to do the UK and then we were due with, we were supposed to come out, go over to the US in October. UK was in April and US was in October. Um, but both of those have been pulled. But look, I'm not the only one. It's it's a situation that nobody anticipated. It's a situation that nobody knew how to handle. And um, we just have to please God get to the end of this and resume and figure out how we how we kind of recover. You know. So so the plan for you is is I know you've got your thirtieth anniversary tour next year. Yeah. So the plan um, is the plan now just to focus on next year, or do you hope to salvage some of this year? Not at all. I wouldn't even look at trying to salvage because there's no point. My opinion is there's no point in trying to jump into doing stuff in 2020. Um, it'll become a bottleneck because there'll be a lot of people who are trying to do the same thing. And look at my answer: stand back and give a few more a chance, and you know, come back in in 21. And I'm looking at it, do you know what, Patricia, I'm looking at it as a career break. Okay. Um, I'm looking at it as a bit of a break and a forced one. And, you know, look, things happen for a reason in these instances. And it's a good time to stand back, um, recollect, um, regather and see where you're going, you know. And so we're going to concentrate on next year. And please God, things will look an awful lot better for going back out in January and February of 21. Yeah. Not that I'm wishing my life away. I know. But, I know. <clears throat> but you I know, know what I mean. It's I know, but in this business, you have to plan ahead. Yeah, that, yeah. And, and, and the fact that it is the 30th anniversary tour, it gives you time to reflect on it and, and, and put everything in place for it. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, you know, we were laughing the other day, not in a funny way. We were kind of going, geez, is it going to be a case of I'm retiring on my 30th anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> Forced retirement. And I, do you know what? Look, nobody can know what's going to happen. Things are looking okay. My worry, actually, Patricia, is when I see groups of people, and it's happened here as well, um, and there's very, there's very little social distancing going on, and there's very, um, there's very little heed on the, the guidelines. I wouldn't say rules, but guidelines. And I worry that, my biggest worry is that a second wave will hit in the winter and yeah. that it'll just, it'll be more, 10 times worse than the first. Yeah, because we didn't get that massive wave that we saw and the photographs and the videos coming from other countries. Thankfully, you know, we didn't get like Italy. We're not like America. We're not even like our good neighbours uh, in England. But the danger is that could that could come to our shores. We could end up like that. We could if we don't pay attention. And not that I'm, an, I, geez, I'm talking like I'm an expert or something. I'm not. I'm just, I'm very much, um, you know, like I'm speaking to my counterparts in Australia a lot. And, like, they have zero cases and zero um, deaths in the last three weeks. Um, and their population is 25 million. And out of the entire period of this awful period, they've had only 175 deaths. So we just need to, I suppose, be a bit more vigilant and be a bit more responsible. Um, in uh, You know, you see people in supermarkets, you see people on the beach during the during the good weather there and they were just all beside each other and you're thinking oh you know yeah, don't. I mean, what's the point and it's, it's, the, it's the health workers you really have to feel sorry for these are the people that are putting their lives on the line and people are just ignoring it you know yeah. Yeah, don't get complacent. That's that. That is the real. Exactly. Yeah, that is yeah, the real, real worry. Now, I've been I've been seeing you nearly every day on on Facebook <laughs> because you started this Tommy's Jeep 
tunes. And I uh, if I'm op- you're up today, 79 today. 79 so, today. I was actually looking to try and find a song before you rang. Well, <laughs> OK, go, ba- how, go back and tell me how this all started. You know, it wasn't a deliberate thing at all. I was, we decided, like everybody, everyone kind of ended up doing the same thing. They were either baking or cleaning or doing something, trying to pass the time. And this was in March. Um, so we were, Tina and I were in the office and we were doing a huge clear-out because there's a pile of stuff there that we'd never use and it just needs cleared out. So I came across a case of, like just a normal little kind of CD case of backing tracks. And I said, are these online? And Tina said, no, no, no. So I, I was going for a run and I had them in the car. So I put them in and there's like 12 tracks per CD or something. And I played them and I thought, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sing along to this and film it. And that's all I did. And it just got a, a great reaction. Um, so I said, let's keep going until we actually run out. Um, and I thought, genuinely, Tricia, I thought we would be doing, I would be doing it for two, three weeks maximum. And that, you know, and we'd all be kind of coming back to normality. Um, but obviously not. We're in day 79 today, not day 14. And um, in fairness, genuinely, the reaction has been unbelievable. And the reaction and the, the messages and but it's keeping me in touch and it's keeping, it's very much keeping me sane and kind of keeping my brain active in my job. Um, and I'm I'm actually loving it. I'm actually really enjoying doing it. And I'm finding songs. I had to, I ran out of my own tracks. So I started going on this uh, site called Karaoke Version. So <laughs> I was getting karaoke songs and doing like Love Is All Around. Actually, yeah, when I mentioned yeah. Love Is All Around. You did that brilliant. A, and I got a message from Marty Pello <gasps> straight after <laughs> to say well done and I was like ah here this is brilliant <laughs> <laughs> and you know I, I, I so I just keep doing and I keep crying in the rain by the, the Everly Brothers so I'm kind of doing all different ones yeah um, and kind of you know doing every second every third day where I've got one of my own songs so people will know them um, but you know what it's a bit of fun it's people are sending in lovely messages and it's lovely to see and it's from all over the world actually. It is, it and is. I've, I've been reading yeah. some of the messages and I love the way, you know, you'll do an old song and it'll remind somebody of my dad used to sing that or I remember that song growing up and it's just people are staying connected and it's just, it, there's something magical about it. It's a very simple concept but there's just something magical about it. Um, but you know how it all started, actually, genuinely? I, we, just, we discovered, you know how you, on WhatsApp you can do group, yeah. that, do group phone calls and group video calls? Yeah. You can do up to four people, I think. Well, my uh, two of our closest friends, Jerry and Kathy, they, they rang us on, a, on our group. So it was Tina, Jerry, Kathy and I on the group. And next thing, Tina was on her way into town in my Jeep and she answered the call on video. <clears throat> And I started laughing and I said, you look like you're doing kar- um, uh, karaoke. What's the, carpool, you know, carpool kar- karaoke Car- with James Corden. Carpool with James yeah. Corden. And we've all started laughing. And that's what gave me the idea. Ah, because so yeah. when I saw it first, I was saying, yeah, it looks, it looks like carpool karaoke. It looks like uh, James, uh, James Corden. And what's been great is some, the weather has been fantastic. So like you can see out your sunroof, the, the clear blue sky. <laughs> and then on the very warm days, you can't turn on the air conditioning. I can't turn on the air. The last week was a killer. So I have to, what I do is, right, I pull up, I pull up outside our gate and I do my speaking bit because you can't drive and be talk, you can't be doing your talking bit or whatever. And so I pull up and I do my introduction to the song and then I take off and I have to keep the air conditioning on for as long as possible when it's really warm. 
before I take off because you can't hear. Wait to see. It sounds like there's a breeze on the phone. Yeah, yeah. When I'm uh, when I'm going, and so I have to turn it all off. And within, but by the second line of the song, the sweat's running down me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a there's an ease in the temperatures uh, for the next few days, so so you'll be okay. And people I saying, don't mind it okay, fair. people saying, where can we see where can we see this? It's on, it's on Tommy's on Tommy Fleming on on his Facebook uh, page. On Facebook, just it's every day. Like and share, as they say, like, like and share. share. Like it's, and, share. and it's and it's every I do day it on Instagram as well. It's on every, it's on every day at about half two. I come in about quarter past half two. I don't go live because. If you go live, it kind of goes out of it after a while. Yeah. And then the likes of Australia who don't come online for another 10 yeah, hours. Yeah, no, no, don't do it don't live. No, yeah, no. So I don't do it live. Um, but yeah, it's every day. Now you can go, if, you don't, if you're not on Facebook, um, we're uploading them to YouTube as well, online. So just if you want to see them on YouTube, you can see them there too. But you'll have to go back 79 days. Yeah, they're brilliant. <laughs> they, they really are. Well, keep doing, keep doing what you're doing. Stay safe. A lot of people wanting to wish you, be, wish you well and saying how much they're enjoying every day uh, watching Tommy's Jeep tunes and asking, am I going to play a song? Of course I'm going to play a song. Uh, Tommy, you. listen, we leave it there. We'll talk again soon. Mind yourself. Uh, best um, Love and best wishes uh, to Tina and both of you. Stay Absolutely. safe. Okay, take you, care. You too, Patricia. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And thank you uh, to a lot of people saying that they really enjoyed my chat with uh, Tommy Fleming and loved hearing his version of the uh, contender. And he's always even, you know, all of his gigs have stopped and his life has been sort of turned on its head. Uh, the way he's turned it into a positive, he really is a great guy to be able to do that. And that's what we all need to try and do is to try and focus on the positives uh, rather than on the uh, negatives. But yeah, it was an, act, an absolute joy. And you can see his, his Jeep tunes on any of his social media platforms they really are they'll put a smile on your face I guarantee you that and he, he does he sings one every single day so it's, uh, it's terrific we'll catch up with him again in another few weeks because God knows how long this lockdown is going to continue at for now talking of the lockdown and talking about what we're all going through we have a special little message from our own President Michael D Higgins he is paying tribute to local communities and to individuals who have selflessly supported people in their areas during this COVID-19 crisis and he is a special message for us all. It must surely be a source of the greatest encouragement and hope for the future to know that across Ireland, community groups and individuals are out in numbers supporting people in their local areas with selfless acts of kindness. COVID-19, Community Outreach, an initiative of Irish Rural Link and The Wheel, and with funding from government, is a shining example It links and supports the many community and voluntary organisations across the country to ensure that their assistance goes where it is most needed. Community champions are now active in every community across the country. They're connecting people who may need assistance and who will benefit at this time from local supports by providing them with the latest information and helping to make sure that nobody is excluded. As President of Ireland, I take this opportunity to sincerely thank all of you who have been involved and all who have volunteered for making yourselves available to give a helping hand to those who need it now at this difficult time. For so many of our citizens, having necessary supplies such as groceries, medicines and other essential items delivered to their door is simply a lifeline. I am particularly conscious of those in the many rural areas 
for whom their isolation makes it all the harder to access essential items and services. And there are those, too, for whom the lack of physical contact with others at this time is particularly challenging and distressing. Since the beginning of this pandemic, there have been numerous examples of offers of help from people looking to volunteer their time to help the response to COVID-19. Some have manned crisis support lines or made phone calls to vulnerable members of our communities. Others assist with groceries or medicines for those in need and deliver these to their doorstep. Some have even volunteered their time on the front line at HSE test centres, providing comfort and support at a time of great stress and worry. Some of the volunteers are giving up their time for the first time. Many have long been making valuable contributions in the communities, and it is their networks and contacts that have been so valuable in the past months. None of you seek recognition, but I believe that now more than ever, that it is appropriate and you deserve it, for you represent the best of the Irish response to this crisis. The ethos of volunteering and actively engaging with fellow citizens is the lifeblood of our society. Active citizenship is surely a most durable insurance against any sense of helplessness or indifference, which might have prevented us from reaching out to our neighbours who are in need. The actions of thousands of people like your good selves over these past several weeks have shown that this sense of solidarity is still very strong across Ireland. You and all who have been working with you over the past weeks and months have answered the call of your communities. You have made an enormous difference and are continuing to perform a vital service as we slowly emerge from the dark of the pandemic and into the light of a better, shared future. Mullumshiv, agus gan buikas liv. Berbanacht. Well, a gorgeous, gorgeous man. That's our own President Michael D. Higgins paying tribute to local community groups and uh, individuals. Each and every one of you, you know who you are. You can pat yourself on the back and take a round of applause on our own Michael D. Higgins uh, recognising you uh, today. And uh, by the way, it's expected three o'clock today that Leo Varadkar, along with uh, Dr. Tony Houlihan, will be giving the press briefing as to where we're going from next Monday and the lifting of further restrictions. And what's the latest that's coming out by way of leaks, I suppose, from the Cabinet meeting uh, today, the Irish Times are reporting that people will be allowed to travel anywhere in their county from next Monday and hotels are expected to open at the end of the month. The hotels that would be bringing them forward from phase three to phase two because cafes are due to open on the 29th of June and then the hotels were not expected to open until the 20th of July. So it's been speculated that that's what's going to be announced this afternoon. But the travel one, uh, I think, will be welcomed by a lot of people. You'll be allowed to travel anywhere in your county I did hear earlier on speculation. We, we knew it was, it was we knew we knew that it's going from five kilometres to twenty k from Monday. There was speculation about instead of making it twenty kilometres, making it local travel was a phrase that I heard. I thought, oh, that's going to that's going to cause confusion to a lot of people. But I think 
leaving it as uh, county-wide. So it means all of us here in Cork can travel anywhere in the county of Cork and that obviously will be of particular importance to people living in rural areas who feel they have been hugely disadvantaged by the two kilometres, the five kilometres, even the 20 kilometres. It doesn't bring them uh, a lot of the services or the shops that they would require was not within the five kilometres or even still won't be within the 20 kilometres. So allowing for people to travel anywhere around the county I think will be welcomed by some. Now it won't be welcomed by all. I think it will make some people nervous because we've already had a call in this morning from somebody who was, oh, if I can find the name on this, I think it was Emily in Ballyvorney had contacted us earlier and she was already kind of nervous about what kind of restrictions and what was going to happen this afternoon and that was one of the things she was talking about, this idea of allowing people to travel further and this idea of making it regional, you know, where they'd open up situations in Kerry would ease restrictions because they didn't have many COVID-19 cases. But she was fearful that Cork would be classed as Cork City and County. And that's, I mean, allowing people to travel on the county, that's exactly what we're going to become one region, the region being Cork. And she's fearful of that because her gut instinct tells her that the the majority of the COVID-19 cases in Cork are in the city. They're not in the county. And she's fearful of people travelling from the city out into the scenic rural areas that they could bring COVID-19 with them. So that's somebody who certainly, I, I, Emily, I take it, is not going to be happy uh, to hear the news of what is expected to be announced this afternoon, that we will be able to travel anywhere within our uh, county. Uh, somebody else is saying, Patricia, they, they we need somebody to police the shop to keep the two metre, the six foot distance. People aren't dividing by that. That I think is impossible to police. I know that the stores are doing well outside. That's up to all of us as individuals. I mean, we have to take individual responsibility. We have to ourselves be very aware of where we're standing, how close we're standing to someone. If you need to get something from a shelf or out of the fridge and there's somebody there ahead of you stand back the six feet until that person has moved on and I know it's very tricky if somebody comes up behind you and all of that but I think a lot of it is is completely and absolutely down to uh, parental our, not parental, our own personal responsibility. We have to be responsible for our own space. And that can be difficult. That absolutely can be difficult. Okay, and some of your texts in. Hi, Patricia. I'm a listener in uh, West Cork and I want to have a bit of a rant this morning about an elderly couple. They're in their late 70s. They are, their permanent residence is on the north side of Cork City but they drove down last week to their holiday home and they've been up and down every day since. I have underlying health conditions and I think this is very unfair. Well, if as is been predicted that people are allowed to travel around the county then that, that couple will be allowed to travel from the city out to their holiday homes and that's what's I think the West Cork area anywhere where there are holiday homes the busy tourist spots if the weather picks up I think are certainly going to see an influx and then with the hotels opening obviously the hotels are ho- will be very hopeful that more people will decide to travel we'll have to wait but it's been speculated that that is what is going to be announced uh, this afternoon OK William in Formoy says I think it is good that a lot of shops are going to be allowed to open from next week however I do think with the five kilometre rule it would be pretty useless to people in rural areas and small towns who can't access these shops or services I do think some of the policymakers, whilst they're doing their best, they are sort of living in their urban bubble and they can't see how it affects people in rural areas. Now, that was in from William and from Moy that came into us in the last half an hour before 
that announcement was made about what's been speculated about. So I take it, William, in for Moy, you would be pleased to hear that what they're expected to say is people can travel to anywhere within their uh, county. Your thoughts and comments welcomed on that. 1850-333-103. Some comments in on the Black Lives Matter and the protests, which we now know where the people organising the protests are saying they're not going ahead. It'll be interesting to see will some of them still go ahead anyway. John says, um, and then I spoke about Black Lives Matter and how there's a kind of a, a discussion going on about why shouldn't it be all lives matter? Why is the emphasis on Black Lives Matter? John said, if all lives matter, why are people out marching spreading COVID-19? I cannot understand why the guards don't make a name for themselves and hand out fines. Uh, the, those people at the large protest in Dublin last week should have been fined. And someone else says, Patricia, it's a terrible tragedy. This was the death of George Floyd, I'm assuming is what this listener is is saying. And the world needs to protest. Black lives matter, but until the world can stop classifying people by colour, then there will always be racial conflict. We're all one species, humans and all lives matter, says a texter. And I read out that really good piece from Michael in Castletown Bear about Nelson Mandela well Kionath O'Sullivan in Clonakilty is saying really enjoyed that text earlier from Michael here is a similar one this is, was recalled by Muhammad Ali on his return to America after winning his Olympic gold medal and that was back in 1960 now 1960 in America is a very different America to what it is today even though people will say there's still racial a lot of racial divides uh, in that country anyway Muhammad Ali said I went downtown with my big old medal and I went into a restaurant. At the time, things were integrated. Black people couldn't eat downtown. I went and I said, a cup of coffee and a hot dog, please. The lady serving me said, we don't serve Negroes. I was so mad, says Muhammad Ali, that I quickly said, well, I don't eat them either. Just bring me a cup of coffee and a hot dog. Thanking you. My goodness, what a different, uh, in some ways, what a different America it was in the 70s. And then when you see what's going on there at the moment, you kind of think uh, a lot of that is uh, still happening as well. 1850-333-103. Jack says, at the Mart's opening on Monday, can people see their cattle being sold? Well, certainly under under phase two, uh, Mart's are to reopen on Monday, but we await the full definition of what's to happen under phase two which is going to happen at three o'clock today but yes I would say yes uh, Marts are to open on Monday uh, you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie And a reminder to you there's only a few days left of the fundraiser by Paul Meskel who played the lead male role of Connell Waldron in the TV series Normal People. He's donated a personal chain to raise funds for a raffle for Pieta House. You can buy tickets for the raffle. For €10, you get 10 entries. So the more you donate to Pieta House, the more tickets you'll get, the the better the chance you'll have of winning one of Connell's uh, chains. Now, you can go to our Cork Diary the Cork Diary section on our webpage at c103.ie and follow the link or you can go to gorallyup.com chain for Pieta and the raffle will take place next Monday at 3 o'clock so tickets are on sale up to just before 3 o'clock on Monday and Cope Foundation who supports 
over 2,500 children and adults with intellectual disabilities and autism. They work out of 70 locations across Cork City and County. They're fundraising by asking people to complete the Five Peaks a Week Challenge and you can do it any time during this, the month of June. If you would like further details on how to take part or to donate, they're available at www.cope-foundation.ie And Kilbrin Parish are holding a collection of perishable goods and baking for Cork Penny Dinners. It's on Sunday week, the 14th of June. Monetary donations are also welcome and if you'd like to donate, please drop off your items at Kilbrin GAA Clubhouse between 10am and 1pm on Sunday the 14th of June. Court today on C103. With Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie COVID-19 continues to impact on our day-to-day lives. We want to remind you of some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid any contact with people from outside of your household. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow all advice issued by the HSE and the government. This message is supported by Irwin's Farm. Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. I see some calls and texts coming in about this. What's proposed is going to be announced uh, this afternoon that people will be allowed to travel anywhere in their county from Monday as the restrictions are lifted with hotels due to open earlier. They'll be allowed to open at the end of uh, June. Anne Balancolic would be worried to see the opening of the county. She says Cork as a county is simply too big. There are many parts of the county that have no COVID-19 cases at all, while on the other hand, there are areas that have higher levels of positive cases. It may suit counties like Clare and Kerry and Leitrim, but I don't think it's going to suit Cork County. We are the biggest county in the country and in particular worries about our parents. They live in a rural area of Mill Street. Many people travel to that area hiking up various mountains and she's fearful that people will bring COVID-19 to her parents' uh, area. 1850 And just to follow on to something that we were looking into, we had some calls and tweets in a few weeks ago from people in the Mallow area who were worried about the former roundabout in in Mallow which recently went up for sale and has been sold and rumours went around that it was going to be turned into a direct provision centre. So we had we were making inquiries but we couldn't get anyone to confirm or deny that the roundabout in was to be turned into a direct provision centre so we contacted local politicians and Deputy Sean Sherlock picked it up for us and he put a question to the Justice Minister Charlie Flanagan and Sean Sherlock has just been on to say that the, the reply from Charlie Flanagan there are no plans currently to open an accommodation centre for international protection applicants at that location in Mallow. So that's coming, as they say, from the horse's mouth, the Justice Minister Charlie Flanagan and thanks to Deputy Sean Sherlock for doing that for us. Can I take a quick look at some of what's making some of the local papers today with a reminder to you, when you're out doing your shopping over the weekend, would you please consider buying a local paper? Local papers need our support more than ever uh, during this current pandemic. Let's start with the Southern Star. And actually, they have a story about drivers outside the five 5- 
kilometre zone being turned back and that uh, a significant number of motorists were found to be well outside their five kilometre limit over the June Bank holiday weekend and they were turned back by the Gardaí. It's a quote from Clonakilty based uh, Superintendent Jeromani and he confirmed that checkpoints were in operation in Skibbereen, Dunbanway, Bandon, Kinsale, Skull and Clonakilty over the weekend um, because it was really, really high uh, temper- temperatures and then when they found people who were outside of the area they were quickly told do a U-turn and away you go back home. If the new ruling comes in, you can travel anywhere in the county, that will be gone. Those checkpoints will be gone. And there's also a lovely story about the Oscar winning actor and West Cork resident Jeremy Irons. He helped to raise over €110,000 for the Hope Foundation and the work that they do in Calcutta. He raised the incredible sum of money after his recent appearance and his impassionate plea for help on the Late Late Show where he uh, spoke of uh, feeling very much at home in West Cork and he also of course spoke about the renovations at his castle outside of Skibbereen but an incredible sum of money well done to Jeremy Irons and uh, the Hope Foundation doing amazing work in uh, India The Vale Star they lead with a front page story of someone in Charleville as a happy camper Charleville is on lotto alert this week after news that a quarter of a million Euro winning ticket was sold at Lee's Centre Apple Green on the Limerick Road. It was a winning lotto plus two uh, ticket. Let's hope it's somebody local. And they also speak about that story actually that I, that I mentioned on a community diary. This is Kilbrin, the Kilbrin community, and it's incredible what the people of Kilbrin are are doing. They said they they they're hoping now to set up a county wide fundraising drive for Cork Penny Dinners. The project has its, has its oranges in April when a dedicated group of bakers and drivers began delivering delicious home baking to over 100 cocooning households in the parish and they do it every Sunday. It proved hugely successful so it led to the volunteers uh, deciding to organise a major bake and it's the major bake is going to be undertaken Sunday week and they're hoping all residents in Kilbrain are going to get uh, involved with donations going to Cork Penny Dinners. And from there, the group are hoping that they'll go bigger and they're hoping to invite every parish in the Duhallow area to get involved. And from there, they hope to extend it to all communities throughout the county. Isn't that incredible? Well done. And that's the good people of uh, Kilbrain. In the Mallow Star... For if you're looking for a bit of musical entertainment, a CD recording of Jimmy Ska's all-time favourite songs featuring the late Jimmy Scanlon has gone on sale in Mallow with proceeds going to Marymount Hospice and the Irish Cancer Society. Uh, Jimmy played for many, many years on the local music scene in North Cork with the Ska's uh, and indeed other bands and his death was a great, great loss to his family and his many friends. So a CD has been produced of his all-time favourite songs by Michael Heaney and Lee O'Boyle, well done, guys, and is available now for ten euro from Bones Dry Cleaners. You uh, print on O'Brien Street and Foley's on Beecher Street. And there's also a piece in the front of the Mallow Star that a call has gone out from a local councillor, James uh, Kennedy to restore the Mallow CCTV system to full working order and to link it to the local Garda station. This has really been such a controversial CCTV system because there was such a campaign to get the system installed and it cost €170,000. It was supposed to be linked to the Garda station with real-time monitoring at the time, but then... Oh, there was just GDPR and everything came into it and it ended up having to 
it, it was linked to the town hall and the guard they had to check the town hall the monitors there and it was just yeah a great debacle in the end so James Kennedy is saying look colossal waste of money something needs to be good done get it back up and uh, running and a lot of people I think would welcome that and then in the Corkman newspaper new Dairy Gold Lidl retail hub for Mallow this is the German retailer Lidl they've confirmed their plan to relocate their Mallow store to a new site on the West End Park Road uh, close to the co-op uh, store close to actually where the existing little store is at the moment and it's part of a big development project by uh, Dairy Gold and a, a bizarre case of bizarre a theft in Mitchellstown is covered by Bill Brown it's the uh, it was a Mitchellstown man went out to check his beehive last Friday morning only to find that somebody had made off with an entire beehive. Tom Kelly, who lives in uh, Cooley Regan in Mitchellstown, said the theft of the beehive, which contained thousands of native Irish black bees and was worth about €500, Euro, took place sometime last Thursday evening. What a bizarre uh, theft uh, indeed. And he also in the... Uh, in the Corkman a young Mallow girl has been putting her time during lockdown to good use penning a book with proceeds of the sale going to the local animal care centre it's Aoife Cashman she's a five year old pupil at the Convent Primary School in Mallow and she's written a book called The Wedding and it was inspired by the recent death of her beloved pet rabbit Cuddles and the book is on sale with proceeds going to the ISPCA Animal Equine Rescue Centre in uh, Mallow and you can check the Corkman uh, for the uh, a link to how you can purchase uh, the book so we wish her well with that and in the Avondoo uh, newspaper They have a story of an octogenarian and daughter make 2,000 masks for frontline workers. It's an 87-year-old mother and her daughter from Burncourt have made 2,000 masks for frontline workers as they're cocooning at home. It's Alison Conker Kane and her mother Lucy. They're expert industrial machinists and they've more than 100 years of experience of heavy duty sewing between, between the two of them. So the pair are originally from Dublin but they're living in the Tipperary village of Burncourt. They decided to put their skills to good use during, during lockdown. Well done uh, ladies and also a good news story it's been confirmed that South Dock will reopen in its Formoy base now a base has still yet to be decided people will know that it's the Formoy base it covers the Mitchellstown area as well and it was closed as the on-call doctor service consolidated all of the staff during the COVID-19 pandemic and there was worry that that would never open again uh, but the, the news in the Avenue uh, today is that it is going to open and a story that we certainly are getting calls about this is to do with Bank of Ireland also in the Avenue this is a call that Bank of Ireland that the branches that they closed during the COVID-19 pandemic would reopen as soon as as deemed safe to do so. Uh, there's been a call for assurances in the Avenue for the Mitchellstown and Lismore branch following their closure and a local Fianna Fáil TD for Waterford Mary Butler has now written to the Chief Executive of Bank of Ireland calling for assurances as many smaller bank branches have been forced to close during the public health emergencies with locals concerned that they may never reopen. So we'll keep a close eye on that and what answers Mary Burke gets back. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103.
Cork Today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The government recently launched phase one of Ireland's roadmap to reopening the country. The following information relates to updated guidelines for economic activity and work. Employers are advised to apply the return to work safety protocol. This has been designed to support employers and workers to put measures in place that will prevent the spread of COVID-19 in the workplace. Employers should put measures in place to reduce the number of workers interacting with each other on site, at work and at any one time. These could include having a smaller number of workers return initially, shift work and staggered hours. Remote working is continuing for all others that can do so. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie. Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter, has been out and about again for her frontline diaries and uh, this week uh, she went along to find out about the work of the Irish Red Cross. Fiona joins me. Good afternoon, Fiona. Hello. Uh, can you hear me, Fiona? Good afternoon. I'm hearing Fiona, but Fiona. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com is not hearing me. Can you hear me, Fiona? Um, no. Okay, when Fiona is not hearing us for some uh, reason, uh, I can hear her there crystal clear and she's not. Let me try again. Hello, Fiona. No. No. <laughs> what? Why? I, I, that sounds like she's in a lift and she's not in a lift because she's actually at uh, home. Okay, we'll see if we can get that sorted out. Um, be, oh, can I just tell you that we've had a number of people on to us when I mentioned that people will be allowed to travel within their county, that that's as expected to be announced uh, this afternoon. Uh, we, I saw the phone lines light up and I was thinking, ooh, why, why are people getting worried about this? Jimmy in Ballyporeen says, I live between two counties, Cork and Tipperary. Other people I know travel between three counties. How will that 
county rule work for us? Jimmy said, for example, I was stopped by Gardaí in Mitchellstown. What if I'm stopped by Gardaí in Tipperary? Do I, where, where do I actually live? Where is my address based? While Kitty in Kilbehany said, what about us in areas uh, where three counties are all around us? Um, the very same issue. Uh, she's uh, saying uh, what will happen there. We'll try and get some clarification on that. Fiona's back on the phone line, uh, I'm told. Good afternoon, Fiona. Good afternoon. OK, Mr. you went out to speak with the Irish Red Cross. Ha- has their work hugely changed because of COVID-19? It has, Patricia. The Irish Red Cross, it's a voluntary organisation and they have 13 branches across Cork City and County. And from around the 13th of March, their normal work, their normal duties ceased in that a lot of the time they will go to different events and different sporting events, concerts, um, you know, anything like that. And, and they'll be there to um, provide an ambulance and a first aid emergency service. But obviously with the cancellation of all those events, all that work stopped for them. Uh, but what the volunteers have been doing since then is they've been involved in community support services. So they've been providing, they've been using their vehicles. They have ambulances, minibuses, support vehicles. They've been using those to do meals on wheels and um, do deliveries for people, picking up prescriptions for people and also bringing people to uh, medical appointments with the hospital or GP. And they've been very busy, obviously, over the last couple of weeks. Now, they said that, I, I spoke to Regional Director Ted Noonan and he did say that that work is um, dwindling off a little bit now that people are getting out and about on their own and finding their own modes of transport. But he said that um, they're still um, doing work. I actually am at UH for another thing here today and I met uh, somebody from the Red Cross. They have a Red Cross ambulance outside the UH and they're actually from Limerick and they've travelled out here today to collect somebody from the UH and bring them back up. So they, they are still operating um, and carrying out these community support services um, and will be for some time to come. Um, you know, I did ask Ted, did he think that um, COVID-19 will play a part of their operation for the foreseeable future? And he said that they have and, you know, they still have to wear the PPE. They're still going to cause wearing the masks and, and the gloves. Uh, did get uh, Perspex screens in, installed in the vehicles um, in the case where they may have to transport a person with COVID-19 um, and you know that will be there for some time but I suppose Patricia it would be important for them to get back to their normal duties as quickly as possible because um, no more than any other charity organisation around the city and county and the country a lot of their fundraising would come from those events that they attend and um, with the cessation of all of those they haven't really got any income coming in uh, to the to the organisation at the minute, and um, they you know obviously that's a bit of a concern for them. Um, but I did ask Ted would there be anything that the public could do for them, and he said that if anybody is interested, they can go on to the Facebook page. All of the local branches would have their own Facebook page, and people can contact them if they want to make a donation or if they want to volunteer. He did say that since the lockdown began, they've had up to 40 volunteers, new volunteers, who signed up to the Irish Red Cross in Cork, uh, which is which is something which is a positive. It's terrific. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a real positive for them. Okay. Yeah. okay, we'll take a listen to it, Fiona. Thank you for that and we'll chat Can you I again. Can I just tell you, just, yeah. as we're, uh, just as the piece is starting, um, 
they they were talking about all of the services that they've been providing, and this was one uh, that really stood out for them, and it's something that was a little bit different, and ended up being a very nice story for them. So that's okay. how the package starts today. Okay, thank you for that, Fiona. Okay, Have a lovely weekend. You. We'll talk again uh, next week. We had one lady; she had a kind of an unusual request and the request was for dog food so we went down and got the dog food for her and brought it to her and when she saw the ambulance and the crew in uniform arriving at the door she was very embarrassed about it but then she saw the funny side of it and she told us about how lonely she was and it was hard for self-isolation and how lonely it was you know being in all the time and she really appreciated what we had done for her but she got a fantastic lift then because her neighbour spotted the ambulance outside the door so they in turn came out to see was she okay and that gave her a big lift to know I'm not alone. This is just one of the services provided by the Irish Red Cross during the COVID-19 pandemic. The organisation has 13 branches across Cork and Regional Director Ted Noonan says they've been engaged in community support since the 13th of March. By way of Meals and Wheels, um, delivering messages, prescription delivery uh, and taking people to hospital for their own clinical appointments. You know, and, and, and it's very rewarding and, and people are so appreciative and and so thankful for what we do and we we just enjoy doing it but they're they're so appreciative of it you know they're very kind to us and you know they've offered the cups of teas but unfortunately we can't take the cups of teas that's for another day ted told me about an event that the volunteers in east cork were involved in they actually had um, a collection at the local supermarkets in middleton and they actually filled four ambulances uh, with food and there was also nearly a thousand euro donated from passers-by for Cork Penny dinners. So they got so much at one stage, the ambulance was full to the roof with uh, produce from the very generous public coming out doing their shopping. This community support has replaced their normal duties, but like many organisations that depend on funding from the public, the Irish Red Cross is feeling the pinch. A lot of our duties like, you know, uh, garden fates and point-to-point racing and, you know, various other social and cultural activities that we would normally have first aid cover at, that has all stopped. Like a lot of businesses, we have no work currently, you know. Mm. But hopefully when the lockdown eases, you know, this would be our busy time, like doing concerts, like the, the marquee and things like that. That's all gone. Everything is gone. Does that have an impact on the services? It does, yeah, because normally we would, our finance would come from um, our communities and our finance would come from these activities that we would provide first aid cover for. So for the time being, that's gone. And while the need for the special COVID services has begun to slow down, Ted, who's been with the Irish Cross for over 50 years, believes it will be part of their operations for the foreseeable future. I don't see it ending anytime soon. Yes, the lockdown might be removed and so forth, but I think that until such times we find a vaccine or for to get rid of this, I think COVID-19 is with us for a while. So I can see us being involved in community work and, and you know helping the community as best we can. Yeah, hopefully there won't be any more spikes, but we just don't know thank you that's uh, Ted Noonan Regional Director of the Irish uh, Red Cross and the Irish Red Cross uh, doing fantastic work as always uh, we send our best wishes to each and every one of them and thanks to Fiona for her uh, diary that we get every Friday her frontline diary every Friday we look forward to it thank you for that Fiona ok some of your calls coming in before we leave you today Patricia when are jewellery jeweler, jewellery shops opening I need a battery uh, jewellery shops would be expected to open on Monday. They're the this 
under phase two the smaller retail shops will open so yes certainly jewellery shops will be covered so Monday you should be able to get the battery I take it that's the battery for your watch uh, somebody else is complaining about uh, social distancing at farmers markets it's not happening at farmers markets they never should have opened until there were no cases of COVID-19 but then John in Clannacilty is picking up on something I said and said Patricia you hit the nail on the head uh, we can all complain and find faults with the way the country is opening up at the moment but it's up to every one of us to take care and look after after ourselves yeah and I constantly say that when I hear from people like that person complaining about the farmers markets and people are on top of each other move back move. and if you feel uncomfortable and if you feel you're not safe then move away go somewhere else uh, to do your shopping but all of us there has to be a personal responsibility with this and then of course the other one John is right we need to look after ourselves the good hand hygiene the uh, making sure that when you come home that you wash your hands immediately or coughing etiquette cough into your your sleeve don't into your uh, into your elbow make sure for example if you have any signs of any kind of symptoms that you're getting on to your doctor or if you are if you've got any kind of a cold symptom make sure that you're wearing a mask when you're out so there's a lot of things that we can be doing ourselves we're never going to get the perfect world when it comes to social distancing and, and the perfect world when it comes to easing of restrictions so it'll be up to each and every one of us to try our best to look after ourselves and to look after our loved ones uh, thank you John for your text and then John in Butterman says Hi Patricia you were talking about passports and applying online can you tell me if there are any pharmacies in Mallow doing the digital photographs as that is what is needed when applying for an online passport I now if anybody's working in a pharmacy and can tell us I don't know of any pharmacy that does digital photographs I mean the whole idea of applying online is you do it all yourself and you I know certainly when I, I last year was it this year I can't can remember what year it's in I had to renew my passport and I did it online for the first uh, time and just got hubby to take the photograph it has to be up against a white background uh, so John and Butterfield you just need to get somebody with a smartphone to take the photograph for you and then they'll be able to upload it onto your uh, passport application uh, but I'm open to correction but I don't know if that's a service that pharmacies actually offer but maybe if it is uh, a pharmacy can let us know 1850 and ideally John is looking for a pharmacy in the Mallow area if anybody can help staying on shops reopening Aurora the mental health shop in Mallow that wonderful wonderful furniture shop which is just fantastic and they've retro uh, vintage clothes in there as well and ornaments and it's just a fantastic shop they are going to reopen next Monday. Now the new temporary opening hours will be from 11am to 4pm. They're opening under the HSC guidelines and social distancing. They'll be limiting the amount of people in the store even though they've got a huge big uh, store. Um, They're unable also to accept donations until after Thursday of next week so they're expecting to be back with accepting donations from the 11th of June but that certainly is good news for a lot of people. The Aurora Mental Health Charity Shop in Mallow reopening next Monday and we've constantly been getting calls in from people about the charity shops and people saying how much they missed charity shops and when were charity shops going to uh, reopen. I can tell you that the Vincents, you know, the Vincent de Paul charity shops, the Vincents, they are set, the majority are set to reopen from next Monday. 
the the Vincent de Paul shops in Cork that are going to open uh, include Ballancolic, Bishopstown, Blarney, Carrick Tool, Clonakilty, Cove, Formoy, Mallow, Mayfield, Mitchellstown, Middleton and uh, Holly Hill all reopening from next uh, Monday. Now obviously they'll have all of the guidance, social distancing, allowing a certain number of people in, into the shop. They'll be abiding by all of the rules and the regulations but they are particularly putting a call out uh, to people. They'd be delighted to receive much needed donations at each of their shops after they reopen. They've been closed like all of the other shops. They've been closed for 12 weeks now and they're appealing to people for their ongoing patience and understanding as they seek to receive and process uh, the donations. They're going to quarantine all of the donated clothing and textiles for 72 hours before they prepare them for sale just to make sure that any of the donations they get in are very safe to put out in the shop. So that's certainly a bit of good news for people who've been contacting us asking us could we find out when the charity shops are open and that's the Vincent's shop opening from Monday along with the Aurora Mental Health Shop and if we hear of any more charity shops opening no doubt on Monday we'll hear of more of them. Uh, Anybody involved with the charity shops any of the volunteers let us know we'd be only too glad to give you a a mention and to get people back into your door into your front door so you can continue to do the great work that you've always been doing. That's where we wrap it up for today and indeed for this week. My thanks to uh, John Paul McNamara for producing. We will be back with you on Monday morning at 10 o'clock until then I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon and stay safe. Court Today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.